here, welcome to She Can, the podcast, where the goal is for you to leave each episode feeling empowered to go after what you want and knowing that if she can, so can you. Let's get started. Hi friend, I hope you're well. I am so excited to be talking to you today. It's been a busy few days in the McLean household. We have just had Easter weekend, which was wonderful. And that was just after my husband Stephen's 40th birthday. We had a brilliant day, even though we're still in lockdown in Scotland at the moment. It was a sunny day, cold but sunny. So we had some family to the garden and we had various garden visits over the period of a few days. And then that was followed by Easter where there were more garden visits and family egg hunts and things like that. And it really got me thinking a few days of socialisation really took out of me. And I feel like we're all going to need some practice in socialising again, some practice in how to interact with people. I don't know about you, but I am certainly going to need a stylist help to show me how to put outfits together that aren't involving gym leggings and trainers and baggy jumpers. I we're all I feel like we're all coming out of our houses at the moment like bears coming out of hibernation, you know, just kind of grunting and learning how to interact again. It's a funny time in our life, especially where I'm speaking to you from the UK. It's maybe different where you are, but it's definitely a funny time in our life. And I think for the last year, we've all been in some form of survival mode. And There were times where during this last year, your role became more than it should have been. So you weren't only a working mum, but all of a sudden you were a working mum who did everything. You're you're working your career, you're a teacher, you are a gymnastics coach, a dancing teacher, a sports coach, a cleaner, a cook. You know, you're doing all of the things and all help was cancelled and you may have felt like you were just surviving. And you're putting one foot in front of the other, one day at a time, taking every day as it comes, just getting through this season of your life. And you certainly won't be alone in feeling like that. But as we come out of this season of our lives, I wanted to talk to you about moving from that survival mode to striving. Striving and then thriving. So At any given point in your life, you can be surviving, striving, or thriving. So surviving is where most people spend most of their lives in surviving mode. So, you know, just putting one foot in front of the other, one day at a time, paying each bill as it comes, buying whatever present they have to with the paycheck they have, and, you know, working from week to week, which is not necessarily always a bad place to be, although surviving doesn't necessarily have those connotations but it's difficult to achieve anything when you're focusing on surviving. If you want to achieve anything, you have to be striving towards something. So that's the next stage, striving. Striving is when you're working towards something, you're having consistency with your actions that take you towards a goal and you're striving towards that. And then there's thriving and thriving is really the kind of promised land. Thriving is where we want to be. Thriving is where you're thriving in your business, you're thriving in your career, you're thriving in your personal life, you're thriving in your family life. That is the ultimate goal. You don't know what thriving feels like without having periods of surviving and 
it's human nature that you will have to experience all of these different stages in your life and sometimes you'll fleet in and out of them and it's important to recognize that sometimes internally and externally you can be in very different places so it may look to others like you're thriving it may look to others from the outside looking in she is thriving in life she's smashing it in her career she's smashing it in her family life she's got a lovely family she's happy she's having fun but in your mind you may be feel like you're surviving. You maybe feel like you're taking it one day at a time. You maybe feel like you can't focus on anything in the future because you're just on the path that you're on and you're taking one day at a time, surviving the days. And you maybe start to experience yourself thinking more with lack rather than abundance. You're maybe scaling your goals back, scaling your dreams back because you feel like you've got so much in your mind that you can't focus on the next thing. Or maybe it's the opposite. Maybe you appear to other people like you are surviving or maybe not appear to other people, but you would, if you were to look at your life, you would feel like you're surviving. You're managing to pay the bills. You're managing to get through the days. But mentally, you feel great. You're thriving mentally. All is good. You have goals. You're working towards them and you feel like you are thriving. The good news if you are feeling like that is when you feel like you're thriving mentally, you just need your external world to catch up. If you're thriving mentally, then you will start doing the actions, you'll do the work, you'll be consistent, you'll gain that momentum to working towards your goals and soon your external environment will catch up with your mindset and you will be thriving. But it can happen the other way around. You can be thriving externally, but if your mindset starts to slip into survival, then you can you can start to go backwards or stagnant in achieving your goals. And I feel like now is such a good time to talk about this because of what we've all been through for the last year. I mean, a global pandemic is enough to switch anyone back into survival mode. But the fact that you're even listening to this podcast called She Can, which is about going for your best life, shows me that you want to live a life thriving. So I'm going to talk to you today about a few things that can help you do that. And the first thing is goals, because if you don't have a goal, then what are you striving towards? Going through your life without goals is like jumping in the car for a road trip without a postcode to go to, without putting anything in the sat-nav, without any idea of where you're going. And you just end up doing loop-the-loops of roundabouts. And three hours later, you're in the same place with a fuel tank gone. You've spent a lot of money, you've spent a lot of energy, you've spent a lot of time and you're no further forward because you didn't know where you were going. And that's what I think a lot of people have been going through their life in in recent times, just feeling like. So let's focus on striving and thriving and how we get from where we currently are to where we want to be. So goals are a funny old thing. (laughs) Some people love goals. Some people hate them with a passion. Some people don't even call them goals because they have this love-hate relationship with them. Maybe it's a promise or a target or just something to focus on. Whatever you call it, I don't really care. Just have something that will make you work towards the life that you want. Because without that, then you're going round in circles and you won't get any further forward and you could actually go backwards. The thing is with goals is 
when people have that love-hate relationship with them, they can annoy us. They can really pee us off. But so can personal trainers. And it's because they make us work harder. We need them if we want to progress. We need them to help us create a plan to get to where we want to be. Because if we don't know where we want to be, then how do we ever get there? You need to have goals. So a Harvard business study actually found that 3% of graduates from their MBA who had their goals written down ended up earning 10 times as much as the other 7% of the class put together just 10 years after graduation. Isn't that incredible? So this 3% who wrote their goals down on paper, not a computer, not a phone, pen to paper, they wrote the goals down and they ended up earning 10 times more than the rest of the class put together. Isn't that incredible? There is power in writing your goal down for so many reasons. I think one of the reasons is before you write something down, you have to think it through because you don't know what the words are going to be otherwise. And so often people just have a lofty, random goal, like one day I'll be a millionaire. When? How? How much money will you earn every year? Or my goal is to get fit. What, What does fit look like? And when when do you want to be fit? Maybe fit for you is running a mile in a certain amount of time. Or maybe fit for you looks like being able to run 10 miles in a longer period of time. Does fit look like being able to do a certain amount of jumps in a certain amount of time? Does fit look like a certain body fat percentage? Do you mean mentally fit? Do you mean physically fit? Do you mean having fun and doing exercise regularly? Do you mean fit a fit person would exercise three times a week. What does that look like and how can you narrow that down? So something that's spoken about a lot is having a smart goal and I feel like this is a little bit overdone but it's so so important. So specific, measurable, achievable, realistic and time specific. So it's a little acronym. So specific is just what I was talking about there, narrowing that down. Instead of I want to be fit, maybe it would be I will exercise three times per week for the next six weeks. It's measurable then because you can see whether you've done it or not. It's achievable because most people can exercise three times a week for six weeks in a row if they really decide to. It's realistic because you can fit that into your life. Anyone can fit that into their life and it has a time frame. You have your time frame so you immediately have that sense of urgency and you know when you've achieved it or not. So that's what a SMART goal looks like. The achievable thing is something that I want to touch on there because some people would really argue that point and say achievable goals are not what you're looking for. You want to be looking for things that are, you know, bigger and bold and and if your goal is too small, then you won't work towards it. If you're not scared of your goal, then it's not big enough. But honestly, I think in my own experience, whatever it is for you, whether you love big goals and you're driven by them or whether they intimidate the life out of you and you would rather set yourself smaller achievable goals, whatever works for you, do that. If you're getting someone to help you set goals, then make sure that you are the one that has the final say. Make sure that you are the one who decides what that goal is because if you go with someone else's advice and you're not fully bought into it, then you'll sign out as soon as you've written down the goal. It's very important that you are the one who's bought into the goal 
and you believe that you can do it. Belief is 99% of achieving whatever it is that you're looking to achieve. If you don't believe it, then the reality is you probably won't do it. You need to be bought into it. I recently watched a really interesting interview by Kevin O'Leary who was in Shark Tank. He was asked what the key attributes of his most successful CEOs were and his answer was really interesting. He said, they're female. Well, of course they are, she can. But there's more to it than that. So how does being female correlate to success? His answer was that they noticed that most of their returns in terms of cash flow were coming from their their female CEOs. So companies run by women were hitting their sales goals 95% of the time. And the reason for this was that the goals that these women set were highly achievable. The goals set by women were up to 30% less than the goals set by the male CEOs and the men only achieved their goals 65% of the time. So the men were setting their their goals so high that they were rarely achieving them. And the male goal setting technique became known in the company as the testosterone target. So why does goal setting actually affect cash flow? They found that when teams were hitting their goals, they felt valued. They felt like they were doing well, their self-esteem soared and their confidence to set more goals just grew higher and higher. Whereas those who didn't achieve their goals felt like they weren't good at the job. They felt that they weren't valued because they weren't achieving the rewards associated with the goals and the attrition rate among the staff was much higher. They were more likely to leave. So the company had to spend more money on recruitment of new people and more money on training new people. So the cash flow was inevitably lower. So it was really interesting. He basically, his advice to anyone running a company is make a company that achieves really good profits are companies where people achieve goals. So whatever it looks like to you, just make sure that you believe that you can achieve that goal and you're bought into it. And I know that when I set myself a goal which is more achievable, more manageable, and I get to feel that feeling of achieving it, I get to feel that feeling of, yes, I did it. There's a dopamine release in my brain. It feels good and I'm more likely to do it again. And every time I do that, every time you say you're going to do something and you do it and you manage it and you achieve it, your self-esteem goes a little bit higher and a little bit higher and a little bit higher. Whereas on the other hand, every time you say you're going to do something and you don't, your self-esteem gets a little bit more dented and a little bit more dented and a little bit more dented. So make sure that you're setting the goal, you're setting yourself up for success, you're setting yourself up for something that you believe that you can actually achieve. So once you've got your specific, measurable, achievable, realistic target, I think there's a few more steps beyond that. So what I do is make my goals visible. So I put pictures of them everywhere. Pictures in my car, pictures on my mirror, reminders of it on my dashboard in my car. I have a pin board that's got a vision board on it, which has basically got pictures and visual representations of my goals and my dreams and my hopes and desires. And I look at that every day and I just manage to when you look at it, it becomes more ingrained in your mind and it, it makes it more vibrant for you. When you 
write something down and then you colour it in and you you give it a bit more life, you're able to visualise it better in your mind. And without the actual goal behind a vision board and behind without the action that leads to achieving those things, it's just a fancy board with pictures on it. You have the vision board, you have the visual representation of it, but behind the scenes, you've set the goal, you've got the plan and you're taking the action to work towards it because a goal is just a dream with a deadline. And without the deadline, without the time frame, you're just going to be going on forever trying to achieve something that you don't actually have defined. So it's really, really important. And the next thing that I do once I've got that visual representation of it is just feel it. Did you know that your mind actually can't tell the difference between your body moving on something and your mind visualising it moving on something? So for example, if an athlete was to do a sprint and actually start on the starting block and run the sprint, in that athlete's mind, it feels the same when the athlete is lying on their bed and they close their eyes and they visualise themselves on the starting block and then they hear the gun and they push up and they start running one foot in front of the other and they explode with everything they, they have towards the end of that finish line. It feels the same in their mind as actually doing it. It's like dancers, often we, we I'm still class myself as a dancer all these years later. The only dancing I do right now is in the kitchen. But I used to dance and marking something out, you would mark it out. And that means that you're visualising it, you're visualising it in your mind, you're doing it in your head, you're maybe making small movements with your hands and it feels the same to your mind. It ingrains it into your muscle memory in the same way as it does when you're dancing that dance full out. Because that's the impact that visualisation has in your mind. And when you feel like, is this visualisation stuff a little bit woo-woo? It's actually not. It's actually science. So just do it. It's very, very important. <laughs> okay, so you've got it visible. You're visualising it. And just ask yourself, am I really behind this? Interrogate your reasons why you're doing that goal. Why have you set it like that? And why is that important? And what will happen when you achieve that? What will happen if you don't achieve it? As human beings, some of us are driven by pleasure. Some of us are driven by pain. Most of us are driven by pain. Most of us will be driven by the fear of not achieving something than we are by the pleasure of actually achieving it. So if you have a goal of health, for example, then start to really bring that to life by thinking about how you're going to feel the vibrancy and the energy that you'll feel when you achieve those health goals but also with the contradiction have a think about if you weren't to make a move if you were to have no action if you were to stay where you are where will you be in five years time what's that going to look like how's that going to affect the people that you love think about the pain and really Use that as leverage to drive you because without leverage, you won't do the actions necessary to take you towards the goal. There's one thing setting the goal really well and writing it down on paper and looking at the pictures, but you have to put the action in place to actually work towards it. And you'll only do that when your why is strong enough and you have that leverage behind it. And then the number one thing that I believe that you can do once you set a goal 
to really help it come to life is before you leave the site of the goal being set, take action. Move on it. Do something. Do the first step. Usually when I write a goal, I'll just do a bit of a map of as many actions I can possibly think of that will take me towards that goal. So say, for example, your goal is to lose weight, for example. Then what are the actions behind that? Then you're going to want to start, you're going to want to go to the shops and get healthy food in. You're going to want to find out if there's supplements that can help you with that. You're going to want to get a personal trainer or look up online how to start an exercise plan. There, there are so many things that you could do for free. Whenever you have a goal, just do a mind dump of anything that you can do that will take you towards that goal and then do one thing straight away. So if you were to set a goal about losing weight, the first thing that you want to do is open your phone and do the shopping online or open your phone and book yourself a session with a personal trainer because then you have started that momentum. Momentum begets momentum. When the wheel starts moving, it moves faster and faster and faster. Whereas if you were to write the goal down, it looks all lovely, you've made it bright, you've got your pictures, you're posting them up everywhere, then you close the book and you go on with your life, then it doesn't have as much fuel behind it. So take action straight away because then you have to do it. But you've started that action. And on top of that, share the goal. Share what you're doing with other people. Because when other people see what you're doing, you have that accountability. Some people don't need accountability. They're disciplined enough. Motivation is what gets you started. Discipline is what keeps you going. But what really helps you with the discipline is accountability. If you have someone in your life that you can talk to and say, this is my goal, this is the action that I want to take every day to achieve that goal, keep me accountable, then they will. I actually use Instagram as accountability. I mean, I don't know about you, but if I didn't do if I did a workout and it wasn't on Instagram, then did it even happen? <laughs> a lot of people use Instagram and their social media as their accountability. Whatever works for you, just have some accountability because if you have set this goal in secret, just you and your pain, no one knows about it, then it's really easy to let yourself off the hook. Whereas if you've told the people in your life, if you've told the people that you love the most, if you've told your kids mummy's getting fit, if you've told your kids mummy is going to earn you a holiday, whatever your goal is, then it makes it far, far more powerful and you're far more likely to actually go through with whatever it is that you've just told them that you were going to do. So motivation is fleeting. What's going to move, what's going to keep you going if you don't have a goal? Motivation gets you started. Discipline keeps you going. And having that consistency is so, so key as you strive towards the end goal. I did a run this morning, a Peloton run, and Jess Sims was my coach in my ear. And she said, we judge our lives on the highs and lows but what we don't give credit to is the flat road. 
There's so much to be learned in the flat road. There is so much to be earned in the flat road because the flat road is when most people quit. The flat road is when most people lose sight of the destination. It's about the consistency. It's about the daily actions. It's about finding the calm among it and just settling into whatever it is that you're striving towards. It's so, so important. And when you're looking up success books and, you know, if you were to Google goal setting, I would bet you, you probably won't find have more fun as one of the things about goal setting. But if you find a way to inject fun and playfulness and joy into your goals and into the actions, you will love life. You'll be doing it without even realising that you're doing it and you'll want to do more of it. Find a way to make this fun because if you can make this fun, that's half the battle. And with goal setting, I it gets a bad rep because... So often it's linked to this kind of get up really, really early, get up at 4am and grind for your goals and work harder than the next person. And, you know, it's it's all about the battle of you versus you and working harder and faster and stronger. And that's good. There's, There's definitely an element of that and it can be motivating at times. But there's also a lot to be said for finding the flow with it. Finding the flow with it leading with love with whatever you're doing, having fun, having joy, laughing a lot and going after the goal without even realising that you are. I know for me with exercising, when I started having fun with it and it started becoming part of my life and I started relating the exercise that I was doing to how my energy was mentally, that's what was the game changer for me. Because I was, because the joy was there, because that mentality around it was different. It wasn't a struggle anymore. It doesn't have to be a struggle. You can love what you're doing and be striving for more and thriving at the same time. So just think, am I surviving? Am I striving? Or am I thriving? Switch the thrive mode on and start taking action and having fun because one action leads to the next, leads to the next, leads to the next. And before you know it, all of these sparks are flying and your goals become a blaze and you're left doing a dance around the campfire. And it's so much more fun that way. So have fun with it and do it today. Don't overthink this. Setting goals and going for them doesn't have to be be all and end all task that takes you all day. Just decide what it is, write it down, go for it and you won't look back. Thank you so much for listening. If you found value from that episode today, then I would love for you to share it on your social media. You'll find me at Instagram at UK, and the podcast is at SheCanPod. And if you found value, then please hop onto Apple Podcasts and write a five-star review. I would love you forever. And that really helps the visibility of the podcast and helps us get good guests and all the rest of it on the podcast. So, Thanks so much for your time. Thank you for spending your half hour with me and I hope to see you really soon.